0: Dr. Michelle Corral and I am so excited because we are in the season of Pentecost, that glorious season, that time when we commemorate the downpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. But today we're going to activate the works of God through studying the scripture, because today we're going to be speaking about the operation and demonstration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Are you hungry to be used of God? Do you long for God to use you in the supernatural but are a little bit hesitant that perhaps you might be amiss in your method or not quite sure if this is the way the Holy Spirit is leading? Well, I believe today as you stay tuned to this teaching on the Word of God, you're going to see that God ordained for the church to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they are given to Edify the body of Christ, and is there a difference between the charismatic gifts of the Spirit and signs and wonders in the technical sense of Scripture? I'm going to try to tackle these topics as we come together and as you become enriched in the deep things of God and learn the language of the supernatural. I can't wait to share the Word of God. With you. Let's begin today's teaching that I pray will not only enrich you in the deep things of God, but that you will receive an impartation and learn how the Holy Spirit will manifest the supernatural demonstration of His works through you. So let's open to Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, and we're going to see it through verse 4. The Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling at Jerusalem devout men under heaven from every nation. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. Jumping ahead to verse 11, the Bible says in the second part of the verse, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. First of all, we see this incredible, miraculous manifestation of the Holy Spirit. On the day that, as Catherine Kuhlman taught us, the Holy Spirit took up his residency here on earth. That is the day of Pentecost. Now, I want the beloved brethren and sisters to understand that this does not mean that we do not see the role of the Holy Spirit in the Hebrew scriptures. We most definitely see the work of the Spirit even at the time of creation because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So we see the Holy Spirit even in creation when the Bible says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We see the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and we understand pneumatology Throughout, as the scripture teaches us, throughout the Hebrew scriptures, we see the works of the Spirit. But now, beloved saints, I want you to understand a very powerful, important entity that is so critical that has to do with speaking in tongues. Notice that we see that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled them the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues. Now, I want you to see, Dr. Corral, isn't there something a little bit inconsistent with see, which seems to appear in the scripture that perhaps has caused a little bit of confusion concerning speaking in tongues? Because we have in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's go over to 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul is going to expound upon the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we want you to understand that 1 Corinthians 14 is actually a portion of a unit of texts. The unit of texts begins contextually and hermeneutically. We see in 1 Corinthians 12... 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14 are all part of the same prophetic unit. We cannot divide them. Why? Because Paul begins to give his dissertation on how to use the gifts of the spirit. We might want to classify these three chapters in these three particular categories. Number one. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the what, the what the gifts of the spirit are. So we have the what, if you will, and we have the, um, identification, uh, texts that teach us what the gifts of the spirit are. And we have identification. Then we have first Corinthians 13. And we have the why. Why? And we see the clarification. 1 Corinthians 13, speaking about the love, shows us why we need the gifts and why the gifts of the Spirit are necessary that we might walk in the highest dimension of selfless agape. Thirdly, we are going to see first we see the what, then we see the why. Then we see the how, and the how we operate in the gifts of the Spirit are shown to us primarily in First Corinthians 14. So in First Corinthians 12, we have the what, and I call this, I call this identification. Then in 1 Corinthians 13, we have the why, and I call this clarification. And then we have in 1 Corinthians 14, the how, and I call this implementation and impartation of the use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is why I say this is all part of the same prophetic unit. Now, and in order to understand what happened in the upper room, we are seeing that those in the upper room that were baptized in the Holy Spirit left the upper room and they went down into the streets and began to speak in the languages that they never studied the marvelous works of God. Notice what the Bible says here. And I'm going somewhere with this. Notice that the Bible says in verse six, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. We also see at the end of verse 11, the Bible says, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. So we see that those that were in the upper room when they were filled with the Holy Ghost came out of the upper room and began to proclaim the wonderful works of God in languages that they never studied. Notice what the Bible says in verse five. Now there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. And the Bible says in verse eight, how Do we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Are not all these that speak Galileans? Notice the Bible says in verse 9, Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, and dwellers at Mesopotamia, in Judea, Cappadocia, in Pontus, in Asia, in Persia, in Pamphylia, in Egypt, and all parts of Libya around Cyrene, and strangers of Rome and Jews that are proselytes and Cretans and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. Now, beloved saints, if we go to 1 Corinthians 14, we are going to see tongues described in a completely different manner. We will see in 1 Corinthians 14, the Bible says, Follow after agape and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now watch what we are going to focus on. Verse two, highlight it. I want you to memorize it. I want you to see it. But I also want you to compare 1 Corinthians 14, verse two, compare in context with Acts chapter two, verses four through 11. It is so important that you understand there's a distinction here. This is not the same gift operating. I want to clarify it through the scriptures. When we see tongues, there are variation, variations of manifestations of tongues. They are not all the same gift operating. I want you to understand. Notice what the Bible says. Verse two, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, wait a minute. Didn't we just read that when the uh, 120 left the upper room, they were not speaking to God. They were speaking to men. The Bible says it very clear. Notice what the Bible says in verse 11, part B of the verse. We heard them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Notice, we also see it again in verse 6. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man did hear him speak in their own language. Were they speaking to God? the answer is no. Were they speaking to men? The answer is yes. Was this a marvel? Yes. Was this a wonder? Yes. Was this supernatural? Absolutely. Because they never studied these languages. They never studied the language of the Mesopotamians. They never studied the language of the Elamites. They never studied the language of the Arabians. They were Galileans. And most of them were uneducated in the form of a higher education. So we need to understand, beloved saints, what the Bible is teaching us. We are seeing that there is a clear difference between speaking in other tongues and speaking in an unknown tongue. Paul is making this diversely Different. Paul is showing us that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. So, what were they doing in the upper room? They were not speaking unto God, they were speaking unto men. And the Bible tells us in verse 11, the of Acts 2, the last line, that we heard them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So, beloved saints, we understand, if we can study this clearly, that what happened in the upper room would be more properly classified as a sign, whereas we see in 1 Corinthians 14, at least in the primary portion of the teaching on the gifts of the spirit and how they operate, we would classify speaking in an unknown tongue under the category of charismatic gifts. So therefore, we see that the operation and the demonstration is not the same. Let me clarify it. As we see, because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, brethren, do not be children in understanding, howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. Verse twenty one, in the Torah, the law, it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. Yet, for all that will they not hear, for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Now watch verse twenty two, mark it, and see what Paul is saying. Wherefore, tongues are a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serves not to them that believe not, but to them that believe. So what, in order to have clarification on these texts so we do not become completely confused, we see that what occurred in the upper room was a sign. You say, Dr. Crowell, how do you know it's a sign? Because Peter said it when he stood up on the day of Pentecost. On when he stood up on the day of Pentecost, he said, ye men of Galilee. These men are not drunk with wine, as you suppose, but it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. For, the, uh, for in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall see uh, visions, and your young men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and my handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit in those days, saith the Lord, and they shall prophesy. Now watch this. And I will show wonders in the heaven and signs in the earth beneath blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. Notice that... Peter is telling us and emphasizing the portion of this is that from the prophet Joel, I will show wonders in the heavens and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. So the tongues of fire were a sign in fulfillment to Joel's prophecy. Therefore, we can classify other tongues as a special, unique sign to the unbeliever as 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22 teaches us. However, we should not confuse what happened in the upper room with that glorious charismatic gift of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives the believer through speaking in an unknown tongue. I believe, beloved saints, the reason why we have so much imbalance in the gifts, because we see all believers who believe to be charismatic and filled with the Holy Ghost, in a general sense, we see that most believers only operate in speaking in tongues but are not excelling in word of knowledge prophecy word of wisdom discerning of spirits interpretation of tongues which is a whole another gift of the spirit the uh, gifts of faith and the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. We do not see, we do not see as a whole, as many believers speaking as speaking in tongues operate in the other gifts of the spirit. So the question is, why are we so lopsided? Why are we not doing what the scripture tells us? Notice what the scripture teaches us and exhorts us. The Bible says, In verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Notice what the Bible says in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The Bible says, But all these worketh, that one and self same Spirit, dividing to every man, severally as he will. Now if we were to take a census of all those listening today to this podcast and we were to say how many believers are filled with the Holy Ghost speak in other tongues but yet or unknown tongues would perhaps be the better more more precise description of what the Bible teaches. How many believers are filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, and speak in unknown tongues, yet do not operate in the gifts of prophecy, do not operate in the gifts of healing, do not understand the working of miracles, do not have discerning of spirits, do not operate in the gift of wonder working faith, or nor do they operate in word of knowledge or word of wisdom. I want you to understand, beloved saints, that it's God's will, because the Bible says he gives to every man severally as he will. And the Bible teaches us, beloved saints, that the gifts of the spirit have been given to every man. Notice the Bible says in verse seven, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. One of the reasons why we do not access the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our communities as God has ordained for them to be is because we don't understand what they are, nor do we have clarification on how to operate in the gifts. We don't understand their purpose. We have the purpose all wrong. We think that the gifts of the Spirit are reserved for the fivefold office, that the only one who can operate in the working of miracles, signs, and wonders can be the visiting evangelist or some incredible prophet that has come to our church or someone that we admire that we see operating in the supernatural and we think that this is something. Something that, oh, we have to just plan and we just have to be there. Yes, we do have to plan and be there, and that is marvelous. But let me just tell you, beloved saints, it's God's will for you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. It's God's will for you to have word of knowledge at work. It's God's will for you to have a word of wisdom for your children. It's God's word for will for you to be able to go into the beauty shop and be able to give a word of wisdom under the anointing of God with clear. Excellence, not with fanaticism, to be able to move with skill and understanding perfectly in the natural, but yet speaking in the supernatural, drawing all men unto Christ, but particularly understanding that the function and the unction of the gifts of the Spirit have been given to the body of Christ. We must understand. The charismata or the the gifts of the spirit have been given to profit the body of Christ, to make the body of Christ one, to make the body of Christ operate in the diversities of the gifts, but the same spirit and the differences of administrations, but the same Lord and the diversities of operations, which many of us don't even know how they operate. Operate. So today I want to just close with some teaching on the administration and the operation of the gifts of the spirit. So let's go back, beloved saints, to first Corinthians chapter 12, and we are going to focus on verses four through six. Looking at the word of God, the Bible says, now there are diversities of gifts dioresis in Greek, which means distinctions. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations. I don't know why we put differences in that uh, King James translation. It is the exact word, dioresis, that is used in verse 5, We are, excuse me, in verse four, we also have it in verse five, only instead of saying differences of administrations, it should say as verse four and as verse six, it should say diversities, dioresis in Greek. And there are diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but the same God that worketh all in all. Now let's go to verse six. Verse six is very important, but also beloved saints, verse five, the Bible says in verse five, and there are differences in the King James differences of administrations, but the same Lord, this word, administrations will help us understand the classification and how we can access implementation to the gifts of the spirit through this word, administrations. The Bible is showing us through this word, when we translate it from English to Greek is the word diakonon. Diakonon is taken from the Greek word diakonia, And we see that diaconia is a word that is elected and selected here by God. I want to say elected because it's chosen. Every word in the Bible is not used by random. I want you to understand that the writers were moved by the Holy Ghost and that God's word is infallible. It is inspired of God. It is inerrant. So I want you to understand. That when Paul began to write this, he was speaking, the spirit of God was speaking to him directly. And we see that the Bible says there are differences of administrations. He's using this word, diakonon, which is taken from diakonia, And we need to understand what this is about. First of all, we begin to see that Paul is teaching us how the gifts of the Spirit are accessed. This portion of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is showing us through verses four through six how we access the power of the gifts of the Spirit. And there are, according to the analysis of these verses, we are going to see that there are a certain classification and categorization of gifts that are under what we would call servant gifts. Can you say that with me? Servant gifts. It's very important to understand the servant gifts. Why? Because the Bible says there are differences of administrations. This word administrations, diakonia, is the word uh, diakonon and diakonia. We must understand that this is a word that means Servant. It is not the same word as a doulos. Someone who is a doulos, who is a slave, it, this is associating itself in the word context more with servitude and servile labor. But what we need to see about diaconia and diakonos, is that it is not only accentuating the physical labor, but it is more, it is associating itself more with the attendance on another person. In other words, to be an attendant to attend to somebody's needs, to be an attendant standing by. Someone who is an attendant is somebody who is watching, somebody who is there to serve, somebody who is there immediately when the need is being made manifest. Someone who is an attendant doesn't get their eyes off. We also see that someone who is a diakonia, um, and we are looking at the actual action of it, uh, diaconos. we are going to see that this involves a mindset. It involves the attitude of servanthood. It involves humility. It involves a servitude of mind. It involves a humbling of one's mind. So therefore, for Paul is showing us that it is definitely necessary for the believer who wants to operate in these gifts of the spirit particularly the servant gifts that one knows how to dispose oneself one's interior self one's mind one's body one's interior soul that one through prayer learns how to dispose oneself into the hands of the holy spirit to be a servant solely for the need of another This means that there's no room for being seen of men. This means that we're not going to prophesy, which is a servant gift, so that everyone will know how anointed we are. We are not using the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can get a crowd to follow us. No, we are using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, although because they are wonders and they are phenomena and definitely. Uh, We can see that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are something that can convince when they are not in the category of operating within the body itself, but are used as a sign to the unbeliever. We see that, uh, definitely beloved saints, this is something to bring souls to Christ. But the Bible is telling us in first Corinthians chapter 14, therefore prophecy does not serve to them that believe not, but it is to them that believe. What does that mean? Does that mean that we're out of order if we prophesy to an unbeliever? No. But what he wants to show us is that primary use of the gifts of the spirit in the charismatic sense, not in the signs and wonders sense, although they are signs and wonders. We must understand that the purpose is primarily to be to edify the church, that the church might operate and edify itself in love. And therefore the Bible is teaching us that the more superior gift, I would that you all speak in tongues, but rather that you prophesied. What does that mean? Paul is definitely ranking the gifts. Does that mean somebody who speaks in tongues is in the flesh? No, absolutely not. Does that mean that somebody uses who uses an unknown tongue for their prayer language is using an inferior form of prayer? Absolutely not. But what Paul is showing us, and this is why we need to understand these three chapters in their prophetic unit, in this, uh, in this contextual sense of Scripture as a prophetic unit. We need to see that Paul is concerning, he is teaching concerning the unity in the body, the oneness in the body, the building up of the body, the edifying of the body, the making one of the body, the many members of the body. He is emphasizing the being baptized into the body. He is showing us that these have been given to the body. And this is why that he says, in as much as you are zealous of, of charismatic gifts, so spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel in edifying the church. So to edify my brother is more desired than to just edify myself. And this is why we must understand that agape and teaching on agape in its systematic sense of scripture, being again, I want to go over 1 Corinthians chapter 12 shows us the what 1 Corinthians 13 tells us the why why the gifts are in operation why the gifts are flowing that we might excel in edifying the church that we might walk in unfeigned agape agape That we might be pure in our hearts and set in our souls to edify one another, to need one another, to love one another, to build one another up. And that no member has a lack. And if there be a lack, we ask the Holy Spirit together in that context of koinonia, that we might come together and hold that unity of the spirit in common, one with another. And we see the how of the gifts of the spirit and 1 Corinthians 14. So again, I want to emphasize 1 Corinthians 12 identification, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, uh, clarification and first Corinthians 14 implementation or impartation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, beloved saints, I want to pray for you because I do believe that as we continue this series on the gifts of the spirit, that God is going to use you mightily. I want you to understand that this is your hour. I truly believe that God is going to be pouring out his anointing in the body as we have never seen before. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to be anointing many of you as you study 1 Corinthians 14, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to be using you for the glory of God, that God is going to be using you in the prophetic gifts. He is going to cause you to know how to skillfully operate in the gifts to edify the church. But you see, these gifts, beloved saints, are obtained first through agape, The Bible says when Paul begins to teach us about the how, how to operate in the gifts, notice what he says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, follow after charity, follow after agape. This word in the Greek language is a word that means to pursue hotly, to go after agape. And once we learn how to walk in agape and that agape should guide everything that we do when it comes to the things of the spirit, this is why we're going to be so careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit with our mind by thinking proud thoughts or grieve the Holy Spirit with our mouth on how we speak. And we all need to ask God to please give us humble language and give us a voice that is not going to insult anyone or hurt anyone or be brash or be like a loud gong and a clinging cymbal, that we praise God with our mouth, but in our heart, we're holding grudges or bitter, that we would not grieve the Holy Spirit at all in anything that we do, that we would become his vessels, that we would do whatever it takes to make us a servant so that we might be able to access the servant gifts like prophecy and that we would begin to excel in edifying the church and with our prophecy also operate in word of wisdom and word of knowledge and that the Holy Spirit would open up to many of us, that there are going to be many of you, that God is going to open up the spiritual realm to you. You are going to have discerning of spirits. God is releasing today through this teaching teaching because the gifts of the spirit are also accessed through knowledge. This is why Paul says uh, concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant because it is very important in order to operate in these gifts that we are taught because once we are taught, we can begin to operate in them. And I believe right now that the Holy Spirit is releasing fire. He's releasing fire within you. And there are many gifts, gifts of power, power gifts, like the gifts of faith and the working of miracles that God is releasing right now into the lives of many of you. We thank God that as we continue in this supernatural season of Pentecost, that God is going to use you as never before in learning the language of the Holy Spirit through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Now, beloved saints, I want to draw your attention to our website. You can access any of our podcasts as you visit mydayofdestiny.com. That's mydayofdestiny.com. You can download former podcast series. You can also order my book Secrets of the Anointing which I encourage you to get. It is a manual for the miraculous. I encourage you to get it. Over 40 years of ministry training is poured into this book. You won't want to miss it. And I also believe that as you visit our website, you may want to sow a seed into our international feeding programs all over the world. You could go to Breath of the Spirit. Dot org. And when you go to breathofthespirit.org, you can donate to one of our multiple Hesed projects. You can do this also by texting to give. You can text today. Text Hesed C-H-E-S-E-D, and text it to 77977. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you very soon.